Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. Mm-hmm. Must be the season of the That's right. In 1987, we were introduced to The Tracy Ullman Show. And on that show, we met a family called The Simpsons. In 1989, they got a show all their own. And we laughed for many a decade. But now that it's been 31 years, do we still love it? Do we hate it? Is it good? Is it bad? Well, that's what we want to find out. I'm half-annoyed grunt boy Steve. And with me, as always, is... Uh, The other half-annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hey, Craig. What's up? Oh, you know, same old, same old stuff. Um, living life like it's a uh, balloon. You're full of hot air. And hope to pop. Is that what a okay. balloon wishes for? I don't know. Do they wish <laughs> to die or do they want to live? And what is their existence? Like just being punched around by a dirty kid? I don't feel like balloons are sentient at this hmm. time. Do you think that balloons wishes they were condoms or vice versa? What are you saying, Steve? Like, if a balloon saw a condom, they'd be like, ew, gross. Or would they be like, oh, that's what I want to do with my No, life. I think... Because they're similar. I think if a balloon saw a condom, it'd be like, ah, that skinny bitch, I wish I could be her weight. You know, because slender. That's true. Like, why is a balloon covered in spermicide? Why, why is that balloon ribbed for someone's pleasure? You're never going to blow it up like that. It's going to take forever. Oh, they're just throwing it away? Oh, come on. Oh, that one I think over there is a uh, private investigator in Hawaii. Is that a stretch? Speaking of condoms. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a magnum. Yeah. No, Steve, I've been I've been well, except for just uh, if I get a little cranky on this podcast, it's just guy got a really horrible migraine here. Migraines are awful. Yeah, your grains are awful. I don't like your oats. <laughs> Not even my spelt? Nope. How about my uh, bulgur wheat? Your rice flour is okay. We'll say it's a grain. You know what my favorite grain is? What's that? Matt, graining. Oh, what a beautiful segue. Yeah, so... Not much in the uh, Simpsons news these days, but uh, I thought it would be fun to see what the most tweeted TV shows were in the year 2019, which is the year we're recording this in. I was really, su- really surprised. Uh, Steve, what do you think the number one show of 2019 was tweeted about? Well, I would say it's probably a show that everybody talked about, probably Game of Thrones. Right, because there was so much controversy with a uh, controversy with this last season. A lot of hatred towards that. Uh, the number two was another popular Netflix show was Stranger Things. So that was tweeted about. Steve, I bet you can't guess where this is going. What do you think the third most mm. tweeted TV show in 2019 was? Well, it probably wasn't MASH. Oh. Probably wasn't Happy Days. Maybe. Um... Steve, I'll give you a hint. Girls. Do you want okay. a hint? You do a, po- a hint. you do a podcast about this TV show. Uh, my two dads. You do a my two dads podcast without me? Um, no, maybe. <clears throat> Check out my two dads pod at gmail.com.
Is it The Simpsons? It sure is The Simpsons. I thought that was crazy, right? That this show yeah. 31 years later, people are tweeting about it. Now, do you think people are tweeting about new episodes of The Simpsons? Probably not, but I do see them trending every Sunday. Oh, that's good. And, you know, on Twitter, a lot of times you'll see, like, what is your favorite quote that you use in everyday life from The Simpsons? Mm-hmm. Or they'll, like, have questions about The Simpsons. So it's interesting to see that, you know, people do talk about it often we're still on the zeitgeist i think and a little nervous about starting this podcast being like do people still watch the simpsons i think that's kind of what the point of this podcast is is yes people still watch it and we're back watching it and uh Mm -hmm. by all accounts this season 31 has been pretty pretty good the true i don't know if you watched the last episode had was it rod or todd uh had was having an existential crisis Ooh. And it was uh, it was pretty good. Do you enjoy existential crises? I got to tell you this migraine, Steve. This is uh, it's throwing me off. My I'm sorry. My noggin's not working. Oh, I no. I've never really had much of a migraines before, but it's like here's how I'll describe it. Imagine a nice thin blade, you know, barely even a centimeter, less than a centimeter thin, and it's just mm-hmm. like perfectly sharp and just sliding right into your left top eyelid, right into your frontal frontal lobe and it happened today i was just working body felt fine and then all of a sudden it just hit me with like agonizing pain to the point i actually didn't have to scream going ah and so as that was about 10 a.m and as of record time it's uh eight o'clock p.m so 10 hours later yeah and it's still there but not as bad because i took some excedrin and now the ultimate cure is whiskey. So, by the way, there, whiskey <laughs> does have some medicinal benefits, as I found out. <laughs> my dad always told me. And so my grandfather always said, which is weird because I never met him. <laughs> and he was 20 years younger than my dad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this podcast might be a little rough because of my excruciating pain, but uh, I'm, I'll, I'll get through with it. I wish you the best. And uh, as a fellow migraine sufferer, I, I definitely understand your pain. Yeah. Don't push yourself too hard. Stay away from the light. And uh, not that you're going to die. I mean, you will someday, but probably not tonight. I just mean that when I get migraines, I'm very sensitive to light. You said probably, but there is a chance. You know, there's always a chance. This would be a great podcast ending. Yeah. Like, well, it ended because half an Oe Grant Boy Craig died on podcast. Steven, I would expect you to release this podcast because it's my final words. So, Oh, yeah. That so would be our, a great Way to end the season. Keep on going, of course. come back with a new host, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, of course. Good. As soon as I can. (laughs) So you're not going to. No, got to get that My my Two Dads podcast going. (sighs) All right, that's fine. Uh, Do we have any other fun Simpsons news? I know there was a talk about, this is probably a few weeks ago, so I don't think it really is relevant anymore, that Twitter was freaking out because Danny Elfman said in an interview that, like, the Simpsons are on their last season, so... uh, Whatever. Yeah. And I think Al Jean had to come out on Twitter. Yeah, I, yeah, don't trust your music guy who doesn't work on the show <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I, Maybe. Well, yeah, because Alf Clausen doesn't work on The Simpsons anymore. Because he used to be the music guy because no. they fired him. Steve, I think I know why they fired Alf Clausen. What is that, Craig? I think it's because he ate Al Jean's cat. Probably misses his home planet of Melmac. And his pervy stepdad. What's that guy's name that was caught with, like... Oh, jerking uh, off, yeah, uh, gay uh, prostitutes and stuff like that, and smoking crack. Mm-hmm. What was his name? I forget. Dad um, from Elf, also on the Norm Show. Yeah. Oh, I, that's a fun story to tell. Uh, Max Wright was his name, and this was the thing in like 2002, 2001, 2002, and the actor Max Wright was like photographed doing uh, sexual things with men, 
and it was photographed in smoking crack and it got out of the paper and at that time he was on the norm show and mm-hmm. it was probably about the week or week after that incident happened that norm mcdonald was playing live in portland and steve and i went to see norm mcdonald oh yeah and he was great, but the audience was horrible because all they wanted to know was about Max Wright, which mm-hmm. is a stand-up show and it's not a Q&A, which was weird. Yeah, you're right. That was like, I think, my first stand-up show that I ever went to. Uh, mine and, too. That was our first show. And, and it was very disappointing because it's like, it's Norm. He's great. But everyone in the audience was just being terrible. And Steve and I were just sitting there going like, come on. And yeah. Tell some funny jokes. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but and, also looked like he wasn't prepared to be there. I know that he's a very talented comedian. I don't know that he handled it as best as he could have. No. Like, I imagine hecklers, like, you always see the videos on YouTube of, like, that comedian totally owning that heckler and all that. He did not do that. He was, you could tell that he was frustrated. Yeah, but. it definitely was because it was just right off the that news of his co-star on The Norm Show. And mm-hmm. here he is, like, having to deal with that because that's always going to be asked from the press yeah. and just the audience heckling and yeah, it wasn't fun for him, no. but I enjoyed it. Anyways, uh, that's some fun thing that happened in 2002. Yeah. How about some fun things that were happening in uh, 2009? Yeah, because that's the uh, time of the episode that we're going to watch today. Specifically, November 29th, 2009. Steve, your number one movie for the week of November 29th was your favorite movie, huh. oh. The Twilight Saga, New Moon. Oh. Well, it's Edward. He thinks you're dead. What? He's going to the Volturi. He wants to die, too. He left you, Bella. He didn't want you anymore. I have to go. He's gonna make a scene. The Volturi will kill him if he reveals himself in the sunlight. No, Edward, don't! Batman's in that movie. I like Batman. Pitch Perfect's in that movie. I like Batman. Kristen Stewart movie's in that movie. I like Charlie's Angels. You can't like Charlie's Angels. You're a man. Oh, that's right. Come on, Elizabeth just... Banks told us that it was our fault for not seeing that movie that no one's asking for. That nobody really asked for the first time. That was inexplicably a hit. But it was actually kind of fun, and they were having fun. This trailer yeah. looked like they're not having fun. Also, no Bernie Mac. No Bill Murray either. That's true. He was in the first one. Um, anyway, so uh, how about uh, Muzak, Steve? And for the week of November 29th, we were listening to Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Definitely for Actually, I'm a fan of that song. I also prefer just the Alicia Keys version without the Jay Z, but I also like the Jay Z part too. Which a lot of times I don't know if I like, you know, people sampling mm-hmm. uh, another song and putting it out there. But I mean, it works with this and like Eminem sampling that Dido song with Stan. Right, and we all stand that song. Um, but yeah, I like Jay Z's uh, whole catalog. You're a big Jay-Z fan, I know that. Yeah. Which is weird, because you're a fan of Jay-Z, and your wife is a fan of uh, Beyonce, so that's why you yeah, guys got we, married. Yeah, that's the only reason. The, literally the only reason. Yep, because one day I want to own the New Jersey Nets, and <laughs> she's going to rule the world. You know, put your mind to that, Steve, and uh, I think... 
I just forget about it, Steve. It's not going to work. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, let's get on with this week's episode. Steve, we're talking about Season 21, Episode 7, Rednecks and Broomsticks. That's right. After stumbling upon teenage chickens, Lisa accepts an invitation to join their coven. Just before Lisa's inducted, Chief Wiggum arrives and arrests the three teens on charges of witchcraft. Meanwhile, Homer starts to hang out with his new pal Cletus after discovering the slack-jawed yokel makes moonshine and becomes the local moonshine taste tester. Mm. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. All right, Steve, let's uh, take a little break and come on back. We'll be right back. with casualties who sip in life casually and gradually become worse. Don't fight the apple Caught up in the end crowd. Now you're in style. And in the winter gets cold and vogue with your skin out. The city of sin. It's a pity on a whim. Good girls gone bad. The city's filled with them. Mommy took a bus trip. Now she got a bust out. Everybody ride her just like a bus route. Hail Mary to the city. You're a virgin. And Jesus can't save you. Life starts when the church ends. Came here for school. Graduated to the high life. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. MDMA got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. And we are back. Today we are talking about Rednecks and Broomsticks, the seventh episode of the 21st season. It originally aired on November 29th, 2009. It is number 448 in the show's run. Your nerd code is LABF19. It was written by Kevin Coran. Directed by Bob Anderson and Rob Oliver. And your showrunner was, but of course, Al Jean. So this is the first episode that we have reviewed that was written by a Kevin Patrick Curran. Good Irish boy. Good Irish boy. His first episode was Treehouse of Horror 13, the Island of Dr. Hibbert segment. Oh. Yeah, he's written a few episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, he started his life... In a uh, podunk college known as Harvard, huh. he is an editor for some sort of magazine called the Harvard Lampoon. Hmm. Yeah. Wrote for National Lampoon and was the editor of the letters and cartoons sections. He later wrote for some like indie TV show called Late Night with David Letterman. Weird. Yeah, which he won three Emmys for. Hmm. I don't know what the Emmys are, but um, he wrote this like segment for David Letterman that I'd, I've never heard of. Uh, hmm. The very first one, it was called Letterman's Top Ten List. Huh. Must be like a U.S. News and World Reports type yeah. thing where they rank like lawnmowers or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I guess comedy, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. He didn't create carpool karaoke, that's for sure. Yeah. Or that game where you just slap each other with whipped cream or whatever. Yeah, he's not Jimmy Fallon and just playing board games. Yeah, man, the guy created the Top Ten List. He wrote the first Top Ten List. We're just that's being incredible. jerk, you know, jokey here. But uh, the first, did you know the first Letterman's top 10 list was the top 10 things that almost rhyme with bees? I don't have the top 10 list here. Sorry, but that's okay. Think, hey, sorry to interrupt Craig and Steve. This is Craig from the future. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talking about the first David Letterman top 10 list was the top 10 things that almost rhymes with peas. And uh, I'm going to tell you what they were anyways. All right. So the top 10 words that almost rhyme with peas. Number 10 was heats. Number nine, rice. Number eight, moss. Number seven, ties. Number six, needs. Number five, lens. Number four, ice. Number three, nurse. Number two, leaks. And number one, words that almost rhyme with peas. And that's meats. 
Okay, obviously my delivery wasn't as good as Letterman, so you know what? Maybe just look on YouTube for this. Back to you guys. But I think that's funny. Um, so then in 89, he joined Married with Children, and then in wow. 2000, joined The Simpsons, where he was a co-executive producer. Uh, so even at The Simpsons, uh, Curran won three additional Emmys and was nominated in 2010 for a Humanitas Prize for his episode, The Greatest Story Ever Dode, uh, <laughs> which we haven't reviewed yet, but eventually. Yep. Um, so he was the co-creator and executive producer for shows like The Good Life and Hardball, and was also an executive producer for the series Unhappily Ever After, which is kind of interesting because that was a knockoff of Married with Children. <laughs> yeah. And he won a WGA award for the Earth Day special for, I guess, the WGA. I don't know what that is, but... Uh, <laughs> and uh, so he has written the episodes of The Simpsons, like I said, Treehouse of Horror segment 13 of Island of Dr. Hibbert. Then he wrote mm-hmm. the episode, I'm spelling as fast as I can. Is that the one with... And a hot plate. I think so. <laughs> I love that line. That's... It's a, what's his name who does the voice? Um, Bill Plimpton? No. Bill Paxton? No. Bill Pullman? Pull- George Plimpton. There it All is. Right. <laughs> uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Geek wedding. Sorry, geek wedding. Don't fear the roofer. Steve, do you have the list in front of you? I do. Uh, that's the one with uh, Ray Romano um, with the really funny line. Hey, I'm coming down with a case of shingles because <laughs> he's coming from the roof. Wasn't that wasn't that like a monumental episode or? I don't know. Like, uh, it was a parody of A Beautiful Mind. I remember that uh People didn't believe Homer that he had a friend. You know, I actually really enjoy this episode. I don't fear the roof. Yeah. Okay, well, enough of that. We'll get, eventually get to there. Then yeah. he did We're on the Road to Doware, uh, The Life Aquatic, Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes, Red Eggs and Broomsticks, which is this episode. The Greatest Story mm-hmm. Ever Dode, which we said he won a Emmy. Humanitas Award? Award for, yeah. How munched is that birdie in the window? The Winter of His Content. Weird. We had a episode we reviewed a few weeks ago, the the winter of his monetized content. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally he did, Homer is where the art isn't. So we're talking a lot about uh, Kevin here. And that's the reason is uh, the man passed away a few years ago at age 59 from cancer. Uh, he died October 25th, yeah. 2016. I would say etch his name into Legends of Comedy. Yeah. If someone was in The Lampoon, Obviously, Simpsons, Married Children, also another, you know, monumental comedy show. Just for being the one who wrote the very first top ten list for David Letterman. Yeah, that's he huge. He needs a plaque. He needs, he needs a statue or something, right? Also, he was the voice of Buck the Dog on Married with Children. Oh, my God, right? That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sad that he went so early because he was definitely a comedy icon. Hey, Steve, I know that... Uh... On here, we talk a little bit of politics, not a political podcast, of course. Not but I'm going to I'm going to say something that's a little controversial that uh, might upset people. Okay, I'm 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 bracing this myself for it. Might okay. have to be edited out just for our sake. I don't want to offend a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I got to say this, Stephen. It's going to be a little harsh too. So if you're not old enough to hear these words, please close your ears with your hands. Yeah. For about five seconds. All right, here we go. Close your ears if you're going to be too offended or too young to hear this. But, um, Steve? (laughs) Fuck cancer. You just stepped over my line. Oh, sorry. Fuck Steve for fucking my cancer. And just generally fuck cancer. So, uh, R.A.P. Kevin Curran. So, uh, this episode goes out to you. Thank you for writing it. We'll try to be nice. That sounds like we hate it. We don't know yet. We haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, So, our title gag is... A stork flying by carrying Maggie. Aw, cute. Our billboard gag is an ad for Springfield Retirement Castle featuring Abe Simpson with the quote, Get me out of here! 
Our chalkboard gag is teachers' unions are not ruining this country. And our couch gag is the Simpsons family, including Patty and Selma, preparing their Thanksgiving plates only to eat in the living room while idly watching football on TV. Hey, but I want to go back to the chalkboard gag. I got Scott Mm -hmm. tell Bart, hey, Bart, this is not a political chalkboard gag. Not a political chalkboard gag. But good on (laughs) Bart, right? Hey, it's weird that uh, we're celebrating Thanksgiving here in this episode, which aired November 29th. Oh, man, this is... uh... yeah. Ten years ago. This episode's a decade old. This is the... Wow, uh crazy. We should be doing the uh, Twitter-Instagram challenge of 10-year posts, right? The decade post <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. This episode, and then two weeks ago, we reviewed Thanksgiving of Horror. That's true. Very close. Come a long way, baby. We have. All right. So, what did you think of the fun couch board chalk gag? I thought it was all fun. Um, I liked the uh, the look of the uh, Simpsons family all dressed up for the holidays and then doing what we all do, just sitting in front of the TV. You know, I've seen the HD intro you know, many a times now. Is this the first time I've just now noticed that Patty and Selma are there putting cigarettes into the, pulling all the cigarettes out of the shopping cart? Like, I had never noticed that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I even went to, like, watch the next episode on Disney Plus mm-hmm. to see if they were there. And they were there. I'm like, how how did I have not noticed this before? Like, I'm like, that was funny. But yeah. maybe there's something new every time you watch the, the new HD. Maybe I'm crazy. No, because I noticed, like, I guess I noticed it before, but, like, the extended scene where Bart is uh, swinging by and, you know, there's uh, Sideshow Bob. I think that's what it is. You're right. It's the extended because even when they show this usually on a broadcast tv mm-hmm. they must yeah they, yeah you're right because the the bart skating like the auto like eating the plutonium rod mm-hmm. you're right they, they cut because that out you know most broadcasts. i didn't notice grandpa in the car either you're right okay so we're used to a, a truncated version we're getting i think the full opening and we rarely mm-hmm. see it so i think that's why we're not you know i'm not, i was not registering the patty and selma yes so it is interesting because it's about a minute 20 long for the intro. So that means we're in for a short episode. Yeah. So 22 minute runtime. So we're looking at basically 20 minutes of episode proper. Well, Steve, our episode begins with a tired Simpsons family leaving a ski lodge known as the Snowed In on an <laughs> early Sunday dawn to avoid traffic. We see Homer drinking coffee behind the wheel and little Maggie drinking coffee in a sippy cup behind a wheel of her own. Which I thought was really kind of cute. Literally like 12 seconds ago, I just saw her driving. Yeah, she drives too much. <laughs> I love that gag. I also liked how uh, Homer's like tired expression, and she had the same expression on her face. <laughs> yeah, the whole family looks so tired. But really cute scene with Maggie. I loved it. So their plan is to take uh, Route 205 and then a straight shot home. Unfortunately, many other skiers have the same plan. And before I go further, if you stop at the scene where they run into the traffic, you can see uh, Pooh and Manjula in the car with their kids, and one, two, three, four of them are white. I'm looking at that right now. That is very odd. You could also see Rod and Todd and, and Nettie, and then behind mm-hmm. him is <laughs> Kearney, Adolph, his kid, and um, Jimbo. Jimbo. So if you look to Apu's right, mm-hmm. you see Jasper in a car in the passenger seat, right? Yeah. And if you look to the driver, you know who he looks like? Jasper? No, the driver looks like a bearded Hank Scorpio. Oh, I didn't notice that. Interesting. It could just be a character design, and maybe the kid in the back is, you know, Jasper's. It, it, obviously, it was Jasper's son, his grandson there. But yeah, it's a fun little. I just love the fact that Kearney, like the kid, is still canon that he's got a kid. But yeah, yeah. Why does a poos? He only has like 
three of his kids and the rest are just white kids. Maybe there's like an exchange program. Uh, Steve? Yeah? Did you just create an episode? Hmm. All right, we're going to put in a sound effect that Steve created an episode (laughs) right here. Also, the lodge almost reminded me of Timberline Lodge. Oh, yeah. And there's also, they take Route 205, and uh, in Oregon, we have Highway 205. So I don't know if this was a, a reference. This is definitely, this is definitely Mount Hood. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so Which is probably... our mountain here in, in Oregon. Yeah, so that is probably Interstate 205 that they're going on. Guys, Springfield is in Oregon. We proved it. We proved it. End of podcast. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Uh, for this week, I've been half annoyed, Grant Boy Craig. And we're just joking. Meanwhile, the Simpsons children have found a way to entertain themselves on the ride home. Ah, oh, for crying out! Go! Go! I hate traffic! The band and the phenomenon! Well, there's only one game we can play in the car over and over and over again. Bonk it! Oh, I'm sorry, kids. We lost the batteries for that. <laughs> no problem. A couple just rolled out from behind your seat. Bonk it. Twist it. Smack it. Twack it. Crack it. Bonk it. Bop it. Twack it. Twist it. Bop it. So the uh, loud toy, which is like a bop it, if you don't know what that is, it's, uh, it's basically what that looks like. Um, it raises Homer's ire, causing him to throw the device out the window, quickly crushed by a fellow traveler, who coincidentally also has had it with the bonket, throws it out his window, which lands in Bart's lap. Steve, did you ever have a bonket or a, that toy? Uh, I didn't, but I feel like one of my nephews may have, so I have Yeah, because I think the toy came out probably when we were, like, maybe in high school or close to or middle school, where, yeah. We were probably too right. old for it. And I've seen them before, and I can see how this is super annoying. Also, why do they drive... 537 plus miles to this mountain. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not in Portland. Maybe they live in Central California. Or they live in Springfield, Illinois. Or I'd love that scene, though, when Homer throws it out and then it throws right, it comes right back into his car. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like a really annoying game. And uh... Yeah, it just reminds me how much I don't want to have children. All right, well, as the children play on until the batteries die out, and fortunately, it plugs into the cigarette lighter, and... A lot of time is spent on this bonket, just like us. Anyways, Homer losing his patience and a bit of his sanity and plays on his own terms, Steve. Stop it! Crush it! Kill it! Finally, some peace and quiet. Why do my actions have consequences? That's right, the toy is wedged beneath the brake pedal, causing Homer to steer off course through a blinky billboard, over snowdrift, and onto a frozen lake, where we see Bambi and Thumper attempting to skate. The family car sends a deer flying, so it probably won't have to learn about its parents' death, so... That's a win, because it died. I love that this scene happened, and they kind of Mm -hmm. animated it just the way it was animated in Bambi. Mm-hmm. But I also like the fact that this was 10 years before the Disney purchase, and now it's like, hey, Disney approved. Yes, um, in fact, we'll get to it uh, later, but one of uh, the children later on also has a torn up, or Mickey ears. I don't know if I love this, but it's funny that, because they've ripped on, you know, made fun of Disney throughout the series. And even, like, with Disney Plus and, 
and the Simpsons movie being on Disney Plus. I love the fact that when Homer or when when Bart jumps out of the or lands out of the <laughs> of the bus when they're traveling to Alaska in the Simpsons movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the Simpsons movie, but I don't know why you haven't. Why you listen to this podcast? But he's wearing a bra yeah. and he's like, "Look, I'm an evil mascot from an evil corporation." That's yeah, still on, on Disney Plus, and they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> do you think if Walt Disney was alive and he saw the Simpsons, what? What would he do? Uh, what would his reaction be? I don't know. I mean, no, don't make a Nazi there... comment. <laughs> okay. Well, then I don't have anything to say. All right. And like your parents said, if you have nothing funny to say, don't say anything at all. If you don't have a Nazi comment to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> all right. So the vehicle breaks through the ice, and before it sinks, Homer prepares his family for what's next. Now, kids, we're about to get really cold and really warm. <laughs> They're gonna burn in hell. Well, I think that's more of a what they what what the scientists or whatever say that when you drown yeah. to death, you're gonna get cold and then warm. I don't know how they would know this because does someone die and come back to life and say this is how I died by drowning? Maybe they stuck a thermometer up their butt. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. Uh, just then, the family is saved by a faceless stranger. Homer awakens to see his family is among slack-jawed yokel Cletus and his family who offers the family a possum dip stew, and Cletus offers some hooch for Homer's healing. Drink up, sweetie. Let the possum work its magic. <laughs> possum? Oh, don't worry. We don't kill it. We just dip it. Hey, that's nice of Brandine. So mm-hmm. Lisa can drink the tea. I mean, they just have the possum in it. It's not like they're eating a possum. Oh, a possum. <laughs> uh, no possum was hurt in the making of that tea, whatever it is. Right. Steve, would you drink a possum tea? Mmm... No. Drink a possum tea. Oh, yes, for sure. So Cletus then takes Homer to his moonshine still, where we meet his kith and kin, who all have thoughts on Cletus's latest batch of booze, and Homer has his own take. Now, gentlemen, let us toast our new friend's escape from death's icy grip with my latest batch of whoopee water. <laughs> so, what y'all think? Yo, 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 good. <laughs> It angries up my fists. I just remembered my feud with this hair tree. Get her done. Get her done. What's your take, city boy? Well, uh, it's got a rich mash base and a sense of danger. And I detect notes of elderberry, tobacco, oak, uh, no, poison oak, and hints of game. Oh, that is amazing. You have the eloquence and urgency of a census worker caught in a bear trap. Did you notice Cletus's snake tattoo? Is that? I, I did notice that, and I don't think it's ever been there before. Yeah, real weird, because it looks like almost like snake's tattoo of snake. <laughs> right. Cletus wearing a, a vest. This is an episode of fun Simpsons characters wearing different clothes, by the way. I love it. It's true. Anyway, so impressed by Homer's palette, the hill folk welcome him to their clan, inviting him to all their soirees and mixers and drink ups They celebrate by enjoying the bluegrass stylings of... Well, what I'm assuming is Steve's favorite scene, the Country Bear Jamboree. All right. So I know that I'm all about bears. I love bears. And this should be my favorite visual of the gag. This should be my t-shirt. But the way that the bears are chained up, it just kind of like, oh, it really kind of bums me out. I don't I don't like the bears. But I do like Homer kind of shrugging and then joining in with the, uh, the redneck dance party. I, when I saw it, you know, I laughed and then I thought of you and Aww. then... I went back and watched the scene. I'm watching it now, and you're right. It's 
it's not how the Simpsons does like the cartoon bear of like the the human mannerisms that they usually do. Yeah. This one, it was even animated stylings look more realistic. They don't have the big cartoon eyes. They have realistic looking bear eyes. Right. And that being said, I think what they did here was, you know, a drawing of a real bear. It's it is depressing. Yeah, I don't know. I just No, it's they chained him up. It's, like it's yeah. sad and the writer did a great job of showing this and the animators. This is cruel. Yep. And folks, if you have bears chained up in your backyard, let them go. <laughs> also, you're crazy. That's true. You <laughs> fans with your bears, you're crazy. Why do all of our fans have bears locked up in their backyard? Hey, Timothy, get rid of that bear, please. I know it's Minnesota yeah. and you have many bears in your backyard. Just take them off the chains. <laughs> That's where that turn comes from, I think, off the chain. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Bart is trying to connect with the uh, Speckler children. Although they haven't got video games, they do have boom potatoes, also known as hand grenades. With their mom brought home from Iraq. This leads to an explosive game of snowman bowling. Lisa is playing with the Speckler girls, playing hide and seek, in fact. So, I'll hide, and you guys count to a hundred. One, two, backwards E, one-legged triangle, banana hot dog, double banana hot dog, 60 corn cob two. So when they were describing numbers, <laughs> were you trying to visualize each number? <laughs> yeah, because I got backwards E. <laughs> And triangle with one leg. That's three and four. But banana hot dog, I don't know how you make... I guess banana going horizontal. Then if it's a curvy... Or if you had a hot dog that was horizontal. And then you had a curvy banana, that could almost be five. Well, they're a lot smarter than I am because I stopped with listening to the first one. I'm like trying to visualize it. Two. Yeah, two. Two. I get it now. (laughs) T-O-O. Also. Damn it. Yeah, I thought that was a fun joke. Yeah. Um, it turns out but... that Lisa's hiding spot in the tree, Steve, was a little mm. too good oh. and is no longer sought. Worried, she explores the area and comes upon a strange coven. Why did I do Poetry Club instead of Girl Scouts? Why did I do Poetry Club instead of Girl Scouts? Dark is she, but brilliant. Black are her wings. Black on black. She is Lilith, who leadeth forth the hordes of the abyss. (laughs) You're going to be so embarrassed. There are two other people at this party dressed just like you. So it's um, a craft parody? Yeah, or at least an homage. I haven't seen the craft in a long time since it was probably like on HBO and I lived in the hotel where we had free HBO. I have never actually seen the craft, Steve. Uh, but I know Nev Campbell is in it. Hmm, yes. Who also plays one of the characters' voices of this episode. Yeah, she plays a teenage witch 15 years later after playing a teenage <laughs> so witch. So this is something the Simpsons loves to do. Let's do an homage or a parody <laughs> of uh, something that's 15 years old. I wonder if they'll do it again in this episode. I highly doubt that. They will. Okay. <laughs> um, so Lisa has run into three teenage Wiccans who are celebrating Esbat, a tribute to the moon. Though they're technically witches, they aren't into brooms or pointy hats, though they do cast spells. Scientific Lisa is skeptical of their black magic. Well, I'm glad you're not witches. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to cast a spell on me. <laughs> oh, we cast spells. And they work. Sure they do. (laughs) If magic was real, I'd use it to get out of my pipe cleaner art project that's due tomorrow. You should keep an open mind. Things said in the circle have a surprising way of coming true. Lisa! Lisa! 
Sisters of the Elements, let us leave this place in a manner most wicked. What are you talking about? Text your mom to pick us up. This shows that this episode's 10 years old because she's using a flip phone to text. It's funny. I feel like the Simpsons were a little late to the game, though, in switching their characters to having smartphones. I feel like they always were late in the game because I think as kids, we had computers. We had computers, I think, you and I as kids before most people did. And I always thought it was like weird that the simpsons never did and then finally they get a computer and like when homer gets the uh hyper hyper mobile comp, comp and bill gates takes him over yeah i don't i always feel like yeah you're right the simpsons and technology are always behind that's just what i always felt i feel your feelings and i accept do, them do you acknowledge them i acknowledge them i'll even say i agree with them all right i accept your acceptance i can't give you much more than that craig <laughs> like three dollars maybe 250 that's my final offer should i take it kitty uh she just didn't say anything all right Alrighty. so homer screams for help causing snow to fall upon him and an errant boom potato rolls by the next morning at uh, springfield elementary lisa finds herself with but a minute to finish her art project or face her first late assignment ever as her hands become covered in pipe cleaner fur she receives some surprising news. Miss Hoover will not be in today, so you'll all get A's on your pipe cleaner sculptures. Yay! Yes! What happened to Miss Hoover? Came down with a spell of stomach flu. Spell? Those girls couldn't have made her sick. Or could they? Maybe we'll pass the time with another craft project. I'll let one of you pick. Uh, Lisa, witchcraft. <gasps> Witchcraft. <gasps> Witchcraft. <gasps> it's a dumb joke, but I really like it. I no, I laughed. It's great. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Uh, so, meanwhile, Cletus takes Homer on a tour of the independent moonshine community in an homage to the awful movie Sideways. I never saw Sideways. Is it really that awful? <sighs> I guess it's not awful. It's just the character. The main characters are all assholes, and they just feel like jerks, and I don't like them, so I don't like the movie. So it's I have a, so it's like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. I just personally have a bad habit of if I don't like the protagonist, I don't like the the content they're in. And there's anti heroes I can get along like Breaking Bad is fine and Batman or, is a jerk, but for instance, Homer Simpson, exactly he's the biggest jerk of them but, all. But there's a humanity behind yeah. him. In Sideways, they're just two wine jerks who drink wine like jerks. Stupid Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. All right. Well, I guess you know the movie's. 20 years old, I still won't go see it. That's Is fine. it still theaters? I don't think so. I think they just... It might be on a fourth run theater. I remember the movie came out. I heard praises from, like, critics and things like that. But then, like, non-critics, like, normal people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like it was trying to be fancy, but not actually fancy. Also, it nearly ruined the Merlot industry. Why? Paul Giamatti's character hates Merlot. And they go on a wine tour in the movie. And if anybody offers him some Merlot, he's like, I don't want any fucking Merlot. And... For good 15 years, Merlot sales just nosedived, and only in the past five, seven years have they started to like pick back up again. Steve, I don't want to alarm you or anything, but I think I'm Paul Giamatti, because I don't really like Merlots either. Well, maybe you're a jerk. I am a jerk. You're fired. It's WNBC. <laughs> That's the only Paul Giamatti reference I could think of. That works. Um, anyways, uh, in that montage, we see Homer drinking some hooch. Rummaging through trash cans with Steve's favorite bears. Yay! Steal a wallet from a couple McCoitus. And get beat beat with a motorcycle helmet from uh, Sandra. Oh! 
Yeah. She's also in the movie. Private Parts? Yes. Does she play Baba Booey? I think so. Maybe Robin Clivers. <laughs> Homer brings Carl and a fancifully dressed Lenny to the moonshine circle. And, well, our friend Mo, he's a little hurt. Aww. Yeah, there's something wonderful about being drunk outdoors. I wonder if Mo misses us. No, I don't miss you. Now get back to my bar for happy hour, or I'll paint the snow pink with your brains. Drop your fire sticks, man possum. Oh, so, uh, so I guess this means you hillbillies are gonna have your way with me, huh? Oh, for God's sake. You know, one hillbilly has his way with one fat guy in deliverance, and suddenly people think that's all hillbillies do. I suppose you think all space is Star Wars. No, I, I thought we had a connection here, and, and we're out in the woods and everything, and... Hey, forget it. I, I, I ain't gonna beg for it. Heh. <sighs> You'll never know what you missed out on. Back among the Wiccans, we see that they are dying white cats black, as Lisa asks if they are the ones who cursed her teacher. Oh no, we would never ask the goddess to harm a teacher. But if the goddess chose to help you by giving Miss Hoover the Hershey's words, such as her divine wisdom. Uh, listen, not that I've lost my skepticism, but I am interested in learning more about Wiccans. Are you a minority group as defined by Ivy League admissions? Cornell and Dartmouth. What else you got? We worship nature. I worship nature. Wanna join us? Well, it is an honor to be asked. But I never make a final decision in the middle of a forest at night. Hey, that's smart thinking. Shut up and dig your own grave. What if I don't dig it? What are you gonna do then? Guess I'll have to dig it for you. With your bad back, forget about it. I like Hershey squirts. <laughs> the clip with the, just on the little added on bonus with the mobsters. <laughs> as the fact is like, oh, with your back, I don't want to hurt you. I'll do it. <laughs> it was uh, the mobsters. Very thoughtful. Yeah, being very nice. They're good people, those mobsters. I heard they paint houses, Steve. Um, back at home, Lisa is checking out Wikipedia, which is also from two weeks ago, where she can learn about spells. Seriously, they work. Potions made from scratch and straight from the freezer. Curses foiled again. Familiars like a wolf, cat, ferret. Will they eat you when you die? Cats certainly will. Uh, brooms. Traditional wood or uh, modern graphite. Okay, broomer. Dating. Timely. Share your stories. Zero articles. Anti-acne spells. Sorry, these don't work. <laughs> and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the greatest show in history. 250 billion plus articles. <laughs> um, so as Bart is spraying shaving cream into Lisa's saxophone, he notices a pentagram on the website and offers her sister a little advice. Lace, you finally come over to the dark side. Um, it's the Wiccan homepage. I'm thinking of joining. No, no, no. You're too young to be a witch. Savor the steps leading up to it. College anorexic, string of bad marriages, career disappointments, failed pottery shop. And then, when you're old and alone, you can hit the witch thing hard. This is probably one of my favorite scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. I loved how Bart was just so like happy or <laughs> just the fact that like Lisa is joining the dark side, like he said, and mm -hmm. just the way Nancy acts in this scene, just her delivery was just amazing and like perfect. Yeah. I loved how supportive and yet instructional. Yeah. She was. And all the, uh, you know, like the failed pottery store, <laughs> like it's just 
you know people like this you you, you can you see this and it's I, don't know, I think the, the delivery and the acting that Nancy did in this scene was, was just great yeah uh, I loved it uh, so Lisa dons a cloak and names Snowball to her familiar which draws the attention of Ned Flanders who believes her Buddhism has led Lisa directly to witchcraft and is teleconferencing with the devil using her computer from hell <laughs> or is it Dell which is equally scary because they're not very good so Ned then calls the proper authorities going through his phones quick dials of fire police Reverend Lovejoy home <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy altar the nipple slip hotline and finally contact the witchcraft advisory I love the nipple slip hotline <laughs> I call it almost every day it sounds so much worse when it's nipple slip <laughs> rather than nip slip <laughs> right he wouldn't use a uh, an abbreviation for nipple no they're the lords pink things <laughs> or brown things any color things that you want your nipples to yeah, be we support your nipples much like a bra this is a silly episode <laughs> We then cut to the Moonshine Under the Moon Festival, where Homer's superior palate has made him judge for the Redneck's barely potent potables. The drinkers are alarmed to hear sirens and flee from what they believe to be a government. Uh-oh. The government. Meanwhile, Lisa is in the initiation phase of her new Wiccan lifestyle, and she's about to drink some sacred grape juice when she is stopped by the Springfield PD. Oh, I kind of feel sorry for him crammed in that back seat. Toss him a Judy Bloom novel, Lou. Uh, all we got is wife, eh, Chief? Nothing with kids in it? <laughs> Damn budget cut. At the Moonshine celebration, I really loved Homer being the judge with the, the banner that's, or the sash that said judge, but he's also dressed like a hobo. And it's a fun I, visual uh, gag, and I think, uh, I think that should be on something, Steve, but I don't know what it should be on. Maybe a pant or a... <laughs> Sock or something? Yes, definitely a sock. So uh, the supposed Wiccans, wicked Wiccans are arrested, and our third act begins, as they often do, with a mob outside of City Hall. They are protesting the uh, young witches with signs reading, Brooms are for sweeping. More spelling bees, less spells on bees. Bewitched was a terrible movie, but excellent TV show, and minus... This is my this is my commentary. Great TV show, okay, but with, with only Dick York. Wait. Which dick do I like? The 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 black and white dick. The one that, is that Dick York or Dick Sargent? <laughs> I think Dick York was first. Yeah, Dick York. I love my some Dick York. Yeah. No Dick Sargent and no colorized bewitched <laughs> and no Tabitha. No Tabitha. And an acrostic which says NBC now burn the coven. <laughs> Kent Brockman is on the scene and mistakes Patty to sell for witches, which you know they were in some Treehouse of Horror episodes. True. And it leads to an uncomfortable memory for one. Kent. Brockman. Who knows our hearts are pure? Oh, queen of magic, show our persecutors that they are blind. They are blind! I'm blind! I'm blind! What goes around comes around! At this point, okay to drop a 9-11 joke? <laughs> I mean, it's not making fun of nine years? Yeah, it's not making fun of 9-11. And I think there was a whole episode of the South Park. Was a South Park that did, like, you can make fun of... Or you can make 9-11 jokes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I just think it's funny that uh, Selma and Ken Brockman made out because of 9-11. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as we're told by the Wiccan, we see Nelson, Dr. Hibbert, his nurse, and half of Springfield go blind. This leads to the trial of the young Wiccans. So, the defendants recruited you, a young innocent, into that evil coven. They're not evil. They believe in friendship and respecting the earth. 
and they made me feel like I belonged. Your Honor, I'd like to enter something into the record. Strangely, I'll allow it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a big dummy with a stupid job. I write down what other people say, just like a big dummy would. Could the court reporter read that back? I'm a big dummy with a stupid job? Hey! <laughs> In all my years of being a judge, I've never seen such a flimsy case. Are you sure? Because we've brought you a lot of flimsy cases. Like that goat we accused of income tax evasion. I still think he was guilty. Well, I'm not wasting another minute on this. Case dismissed. <sighs> There's no justice here. They made me blind, and now I can really hear how I bomb. Well, I say we take them out and have our own trial. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, goat on the yacht. It was literally a goat with wearing sunglasses, but didn't look like he was enjoying anything at all. Because he's all high on coke. <laughs> it was great. I also love that scene with Bart telling the stenographer to read back what he said. It's, it's like classic Bart tomfoolery. Also, last week we talked about the town and how Bart wore pants. Is it weird in this episode, too? He's wearing a full suit, too. He usually wears the, yeah. the shorts with the suit top, but now he's also wearing pants. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they're trying to really get him into pants. And I'm here on the podcast saying, I don't want my Bart wearing pants. You want to take the pants off that young boy. I say, Bart needs no pants. Remove his pants. No <laughs> Bart with pants. All right. So the uh, judge dismisses the case, angering the residents of Springfield, and they have a witch trial of their own. If the alleged witches survive the dunking, they clearly were witches. If they drown, then they were clearly innocent. After this, it will be featured in the fifth grade play, The Crucible. Good seats still available, by which I mean seats in the back where you can fall asleep. So I love a good Skinner and Chalmers scene together. Always and nice. It got me thinking. I'm going to talk a little bit off script here. Sorry. I don't think we ever... We, we never do that, do we? No. Uh, not at all. So I want to have a play with Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley to tour steamed hams, but act as wow. Chalmers and Skinner. I don't care who's who. They could switch it up each night, uh -huh. but just reenact... You just have to build one set of just those two guys <laughs> reenacting Steam Ham. Steve, what do you think about that? I like it, though. My only possible criticism is how do you draw a four-minute bit <laughs> into an hour long? Uh, and I guess they did it with cats, so you can do it with this. But <laughs> It won't be as creepy, though. Yeah. We're not going to like make them look like Skinners and Chalmers and put creepy like prosthetic lips and noses on them. Yeah, maybe we can make it a musical, though, and, like, the steamed ham can have a song about, like, their confused identity, and, like, Here, the people of Utica can sing a song. Make it, yeah, make it, like, a variety show, essentially, right? So have mm -hmm. them come out, the opening is show that the steamed hams clip, or the, the segment, then have them come out, perform it, and then do, like, a and a or something. Yeah, that would be good. All right, so, Bill, I know you're listening. Yeah, come on, Bill. Come on, come on. You can do you it. Do it. What do you think? What do you think? Of the idea? I think they should go on the road with the steamed hams. I think also have Bill do some food reviews in mm -hmm. the local town. Just, just an idea. I like it. I, think it's I guess good. I'll be their new agent. Anyway, so as Willie prepares the dunking chair, Lisa bursts into the scene, explaining that the girls are innocent. You heard sirens, which you thought were police coming to arrest you. To ditch their stills, the moonshiners pushed them down a hill. The moonshine landed in a river, temporarily blinding anyone or anything that drank it. 
that river led to the reservoir, which made anyone who drank the town's tap water also go temporarily blind. Moonshine in the water? I'll be the judge of that. Hmm. Um, I like that uh, Blinky uh, was using the blind cane to uh, like a walking cane, but a swimming cane. <laughs> yeah, swimming. And I liked, yeah. I liked how that they wrapped it up too with or connected like a good TV show, and you know should do is make everything count with with mm-hmm. him throwing the 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 hooch into the river, which you know they could have just ignored, but make that part of the plot. And I I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like that too. I also uh, two visual things. One, we're talking about locations that look like Portland. That reservoir looks kind of like the reservoir in Mount Tabor in Portland. Oh yeah. But also, I like that uh, Homer puts on half glasses to be intellectual when he drinks a liquid. That's one of the. But that's one of the best things too. I love Homer with the half glasses. Yeah, it's just funny he has reading glasses to drink. <laughs> Drinking goggles, Steve. Drinking goggles. Ah, yes. Yeah. So Homer uses his excellent taste buds to try the water and proves that the little witch Lisa is right. Mo, the bartender, rallies the mob to chase him for being a weasel hater, and Lisa thanks the coven for making her feel accepted and cool. Marge? Well, Steve, she has her own thoughts. Cool. Me. Lisa Simpson. Well, I think you're very interesting girls, but from now on, the only witch in Lisa's life is a witch boy will marry her. Right, Homer? Homer? Start the ride! There's a few things I like in that scene. I love (laughs) that Mo is always instigating or is always part of the mob, and... The writers realize that, like, he's upset that, hey, there's no there's no mob. Oh, I want to be <laughs> in a mob. Yeah. And then following with Marge's comment, too, about the witch. Witch husband. Very uh, problematic there, Marge. Yeah. Calling them interesting girls. <laughs> but I love her old, her old mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we then full advantage of the dunking chair as the rednecks submerge him in the moonshine-soaked water. The credits are old, Steve. Before that, uh, would you like to be in a uh, dunking moonshine river stream? I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> so as fun as it would be to be in submerged in a boozy liquid that would make me go blind temporarily, I think I'll pass. Well, as we said, the credits do roll, and Lisa skates over an ice to reveal Homer coming up from the ice to get some air from his boozy water adventure. Yay. Wow, Steve, that was a lot of, uh, a lot of to pack in, huh? Yeah, it's a lot of words that we said. Somehow we'll stitch them together and uh, put it on the internet. Yep, on Stitcher Plus. Or just everything else. Spotify, Dickify, whatever-fi. Steve, I'm uh, ready to take a break. Alrighty. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back. Alrighty, Craig. Let's uh, wrap up our conversation about rednecks and broomsticks. Uh, we can talk about some other people's reviews, say our quotes and our favorite visual things, and uh, maybe even give it a rating. What do you think? What's my other option? Uh, die? Well, no, you don't have to die, but you could just... No, no, I guess no, you, no, I guess no, you can no, do it. I'm good with dying. Okay. Hold on a second here. And dead. Oh, ah, shit, I'm back. Well, ah, yeah. Sorry. Steve, what do you got for me? Well, like I said before, I really liked the goat on a yacht. Right. As a tattoo um, or a shirt? Yeah, I think as a shirt. I think that'd be like a fun, like, it could say, like, party animal. And In then the just, Simpsons font? 
Yeah. Yeah, like party up top and animal below with the goat on the yacht in the middle. That seems like an image we could probably pull from that episode, screen cap, and get that Mm -hmm. party animal going. Yeah, I like it. What about you, Craig? What's your uh, visual thing with Jigger? I had a couple that I thought would be fun. I liked the idea of Lisa Simpson wearing the robe and then the ruler and with Snowball 2. Oh, that's good. It would make a great t-shirt, but it'd be like, okay, what does this even mean, right? But ultimately, I'm going with my... It's hard to do because it's a crop picture, so I don't know why I'd like to do this as a t-shirt or tattoo. It's Wiggum about to shoot a fly off his <laughs> face. I thought it was one of the funniest visual gags. That is really funny. This episode. So that would be my shirt too. Tat turd. I don't know what you would call it. It's yeah, my favorite. Uh, it's folks, my favorite visual gag. Yeah, it's really funny. I think it's really good. Folks, let us know your favorite visual gags on all of these socials. We'll have one three eight Simpsons. Uh how about quotes? I liked in the beginning when Homer says, I hate traffic, the band, and the phenomenon. That's funny because I feel like one of my favorite quotes comes from the beginning too is another Homerism, which is probably in a, like a Homerism book when he says, Why do all my actions have consequences? Yeah, that's a really uh, close one for me as well. It's very Confucius. But I think, and I said it too, I alluded it in the podcast that I really enjoyed when Bart said to Lisa that, Is that a pentagram? Lisa, you finally came over to the dark side because I, I just love the delivery that Nancy did with that it was far just loving his sister like fully yeah about evil I think it's pretty me, good I think that was there was there was a, a slew of wonderful quotes but I just love that one the most at heart yeah I also uh, enjoyed the ladies and gentlemen I'm a big dummy with a stupid job I write down what other people say just like a big dummy would and then he has a court reporter read that back that's that's funny to me. Oh, you're right. Ooh, new segment, Steve. Yeah. The most valuable jokester, MVJ. MVJ. So um, who, who has the best lines in the episode? So I think it was Bart, Bart in this episode. We both loved Bart yeah, lines. I, I had a sentimental one. I think one. so. You had a, a funny one. So let's make that a new segment. I most, like it. MVJ. MVJ, most valuable jokester. So this week goes to Bart. And I would give an honorable mention to Mo, um, just for inciting riots. And for being sad about not being sodomized. And not being part of a mob. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said. All right. Well, how about some external reviews? All right. So I am on TV.com. My favorite. And now we always like to say that sometimes the writer of this may not, this English may not be his first language, so we should cut them some slack. I've got two that I'd like to read. Go for it. The first one is, I, the quality of this episode, did not drop. It has by far been the funniest episode so far this season. The Simpsons season 21 has been a disappointment so far with the exception of The Devil Wears Nada, but this episode was hilarious. When Lisa is looking up Wiccans on Wikipedia and Flanders sees, he remarks that being hell. One of the boys remarks, I think it says Dell. That was excellent comedy. This episode is hilarious, but this is my opinion. Homer is hanging out with Cletus, and creating moonshine isn't original, and everything outside the Lisa plotline was a disaster. But there's enough hilarity to keep episode afloat, so that makes up, in my opinion, for the cruddy plotline outlies of Lisa's (laughs) story. Two things I get from this review, Steve, that Mm -hmm. we need to incorporate into this podcast. Okay. And that is... There is enough hilarity to keep this episode afloat. Let's remember this. That's I true. love that line. Yes. Does this episode have enough hilarity to keep it afloat? Right. Thanks, TV Guy 347. Right. Uh, so that was a positive review, uh, somewhat. This one is uh, less positive. Uh, bland, boring, and poor, Steve? Nope. Keep on going down. That's what she said. Hey, oh. Wiccans. There it is. Another example of why I hate Lisa. 
Lisa Simpson is for everything I am against. This time weakens. At least the town was ready to burn them at the stake. Still, they didn't so... I'm disappointed. The rest of the episode was great. I wish there was more of a focus on Homer and Cletus. That was a great story and, again, something that has yet to be done. But since this turned into a Lisa episode, it's an auto six. What's an auto six, Steve? I think automatic six. Out of- okay. If I could kill just, you know, one of the Simpsons characters, it'd be Lisa. As or maybe Patty and Selma. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. Uh, this was written by John Weston on November 3rd, 2009. Um, John Weston, I think, might be an alias for Homer Simpson because he wants to kill Patty and Selma. <laughs> and his daughter? Eh, occasionally. These reviews on TV.com, they're nothing but hilarity. But enough hilarity to keep us afloat? Bonk it. Smack whack it. it whip it. it. Suck it. Ooh. Uh, so that's some external reviews, Steve. How about our internal reviews? Yes, let me look inside myself. <laughs> and review rednecks and broomsticks. Yeah, so when I heard about the premise, I was not exactly looking forward oh, to it. Oh, you can hear it, guys. Last week, listen to him. Yeah, you can hear Sorry, it. I was a little enthusiastic about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, voilà. I had a good time. It was fun. I had some laughs. I thought that the balance of the two stories was actually pretty good. I liked the way that they melded together. It was a very cohesive episode. I could have spent more time with either one of the plots, but I liked that they were kind of given equal footing. I would say that, you know, most moonshine is about 80% alcohol or 160 proof. I'm going to give this, uh, let's say, 130 proof out of 160. Yeah, I'm going to tend to agree with you on this episode. It was when we read the description from last week, you were kind of hesitant of like, ooh, not looking forward to this. And, and you know, I don't really remember this episode, but it's just the, the run of the mill episode. I enjoyed it. There was some, like you said earlier, it was all the, the stories melded together. Because when we read the description last week, it seemed like there was an A story and a B story that didn't meet, but they did. And I liked mm-hmm. the revelation that the moonshine was the cause of everyone's blindness. Again, funny jokes, funny sight gags, not offensive, unless you're a moonshiner, maybe, or a bear, a real-life bear. So that's one mark we have to yeah, put true. down. Is the... No, it's not even that. It's, it's an awareness of animal cruelty, as, like, Wrigley Brothers and those circuses used to do. Now they don't anymore, but... Um, yeah, so there's three X's on a moonshine bottle. I'll give it a one and a half X. That's half. That's fair. Uh, watch that on Disney Plus. If it's on FX, I would watch it. I wouldn't seek it out necessarily, but yeah, if I if I came upon it, I would I'd sit down, have a watch. All right, well, that's our review for this week's episode. Steve, let's find out what we're watching next week. All righty. Wait, Steve. Yes? I'm going to call an Audible. Uh-oh. You and your Audibles. I love them. Well, this is going to be the week before Christmas. And I think we should do tradition here on the podcast. This is our first year doing the podcast. So I think every Christmas, the episode that drops before Christmas, we should do a Christmas episode of The Simpsons. I like that. From seasons 11 and beyond. So the first episode we could do would be from season 11, and it'll be Grift of the Magi. Or Magi. Magi. Yeah, we'll go with that. So Grift of the Magi, let's go watch that episode. And it'll be our holiday spectacular, I guess, right? I enjoy that. I enjoy Grift of the Magi. Or well, maybe I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it fondly. What's it about? So it's, it's the ninth episode of the 11th season. And let's see. It is a toy company purchases Springfield Elementary and uses the student body as a focus group for their new toy, Funzo. All right. Steve, this episode originally aired... This is great. This is great. Listen to this. December 19th, 
1999. Steve, this episode will be coming out December 19th, 2019. Whoa. 20 years to the day. We're old. <laughs> yep. Anyways, um, go ahead and, uh, hey, we got a... We got a store on T Public, so go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. Mm-hmm. You can also reach us on social media at 138 Simpsons on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but not TikTok or LinkedIn. Not TikTok or LinkedIn. Don't even try it. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. For this week, I've been a festive. Annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And I've been a moonshine drunk annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. And until next time, folks, please keep watching the skis. Smell you later. Whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it. Twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, bunk it, twist it, smack it, whack it, whack it, whack it.